Last Sunday, we talked about creation, and I want to go to John chapter 5 today and talk about how God upholds his creation. Uh, John chapter 5, and let's just go ahead and read a text here from John chapter 5, beginning in verse 15 through 18. This is what we'll focus on today. John chapter 5, verse 15 through 18. Uh, Jesus has healed this paralytic in these first few verses. And the man he healed, verse 15, says that the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. This was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. And Jesus answered them, or defended his healing of this man on the Sabbath by saying this, My father is working, or as the New International Version puts it, my father is still working up until now. And I am working. Verse 18. So this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father in a way that made himself equal with God. So a man has been healed, verses 1 through 14. He was a paralytic for 38 years. And then after healing him, he told the, told the man to take up the bed that he'd been laying on out in public. Take up your bed, he said, and go home. The problem was it was on a Sabbath day. And first century Jews, Pharisees, religious leaders... Uh, had incredible threats against anyone who violated the Sabbath. In fact, you could be put to death for violating the Sabbath. And the Sabbath had been protected by these extra laws or traditions, 39 of them according to uh, one commentary, And the 39th law to protect the Sabbath was that you were not permitted to carry uh, any kind of bedding um, or weight above the shoulders on the Sabbath. Even in your home, you were not permitted this, certainly not out in public. And to violate the Sabbath or one of the prohibitions that they had attached to it, could bring the death penalty. That's why in verse 18, it says clearly, that's why the Jews were seeking the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but making God his father in a way that made him equal with God. So those were the two things that riled these first century Jewish leaders. In their view... And reading of Genesis 12, this was not a negotiate, uh, uh, something you could negotiate because even God kept the Sabbath. Remember that in Genesis 2? After uh, six days of work, he rested on the seventh. And no man is better than God. By the way, though, uh, God did not rest on the Sabbath because he was tired. 
he rested because he was done. He, he, he didn't come to the end of six days and say, man, I got to get a day off. No, he had finished his creation, including man on the sixth day. So he was done. He was finished. And Adam was made, and his, Adam's first day was God's um, day of rest, so Adam entered God's rest. So the Sabbath, according to them, and when you read Genesis uh, 2, 3, it says he kept the Sabbath. Now here is Jesus telling a man to take up his bed and walk on the Sabbath. Now, uh, this is according to uh, one uh, commentary uh, by D.A. Carson. He says, now Jesus could have engaged these Jewish leaders in a theological debate. He could have interacted with them. He could have said, for example, well, nobody's making money off of this. I'm not, he's not getting paid to carry someone's bed from one place to another. And I'm not doing it in giving permission or even healing him in, in order to get money. So Jesus could have uh, interacted with these uh, Jewish leaders, and people did that all the time. They would defend themselves and explain themselves, and sometimes they would uh, get by with it. But Jesus doesn't give any of the expected responses. His answer and defense of violating the Sabbath by healing the man is in verse 17. Let's go back and read that once again. Because this is the heart of my sermon today and the reason that Jesus was crucified. Verse 17. Jesus answered them and said, My father is still working until now, and I am too. Now, two parts to that, obviously. One is, my father is working or still working. I thought God rested. Well, what Jesus is saying here is that God rested from creating. He did not rest from maintaining. Jesus didn't create a man. He healed him or maintained him. This is, what, this is part of Jesus' answer here is that since creation, God has rested from creation and creating things, but he has not rested from upholding things and sustaining and renewing that which is created. In fact, Jesus said, my father's still working. The second part of this when he says in verse uh, 17, that last phrase, and I am working. Now that's the stunner right there. Because what Jesus is saying here is, not only is God the Father upholding the universe he has created, thus he is above the Sabbath, 
but I am upholding the universe that's been created. And I have the prerogative of violating any Sabbath rest. Because here's the thing you have to remember what the Sabbath was. The Sabbath was where you take, here is man, he works six days, and on the Sabbath he rests, and he goes to God, and he worships, and he draws peace and rest and inspiration and spiritual strength from God. But God doesn't need to go anywhere to get spiritual strength. He is the source of rest. He's the object to go to for rest. Man needs rest. Jesus is saying... I'm like God here. I'm like the Father here. I don't need to go for rest. I'm working. I give rest. (laughs) So the Jews are like, what? And they were furious that a man would put himself in the place and position of God so they wanted to kill him not only because he violated the Sabbath but because he made himself equal with God. That's why he healed the man. Because he's upholding his creation that he has made. Give me uh, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 uh, here for this. This is speaking of Christ. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, the apostle says about Christ, he's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact expression of his nature, and he, that is Christ, upholds the universe. Uh, the, The Greek word here is, the tense is continual. He continually upholds the universe. Every day, every week, every month, the galaxies... And he not only does that, but the the word itself is the Greek word pharaoh, P-H-E-R-O, which is used in the New Testament to describe carrying something, just totally carrying it. The full weight of it is in your hands. For example, it's used in Acts 4.37 when it says that some of the disciples sold their land and carried or brought the money to the apostles. They carried it. That's the word used here in Hebrews 1.3 when it says he upholds, he carries it fully. You ever heard that little song, he's got the whole world in his hands? That's a biblical song based on Hebrews 1 verse 3. By the way, I would just add this. Um... I know there's a lot of emphasis today on uh, global warming. Um, Let me uh, assure you that the world and its temperature and thermostat is in good hands. And it's not in ours. (laughs) I mean, I think there's things you can do to help the environment, but folks, God will save the planet. So praise God When I wake up in the morning, I don't have to save the planet or make the temperatures of the oceans go higher or lower. So Jesus defends his healing of the man by saying, in essence, God upholds 
all things. If he took a break on the Sabbath, everything would collapse. The universe would implode. God is not absent or uncaring. He's the Father. He fixes things. He heals people. He's constantly at it. And by the way, he does it whether you know it or not or praise him or not. Amen. Did you know that this man, when he was healed, let's see, this is in verse... uh, um, Let me find this verse, but look at uh, verse 12. They said, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Verse 13. Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was. He had no faith, no knowledge. You know what this healing is? This is just God and His only begotten Son upholding the universe and the material world that He's created because that's what He does. He's a creator and a sustainer of all things. So it's no longer just about the Sabbath. It's Jesus asserting himself into the prerogatives of God as sustainer, source of rest, divinely exempt from Jewish Jewish Sabbath regulations. All these prerogatives are his just as they are God's. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is God above the Sabbath, and Jesus is as necessary for life as God is. Look, if God didn't uphold the world, he continually works, he says. The world would fly off in a hundred directions, thousand directions. And Jesus said, I'm as necessary for the cohesion of the universe as the Father is. See, look carefully. Verse 17, my father is still working, still upholding until now, and I am too. Oh, man. That's crucial. Thus he made himself equal with God, and that was just too much for the Pharisees to accept. So here are some viewpoints we take away from this story and from Jesus' teaching Uh, four viewpoints I want to show you here. First is Jesus' view of himself. How did Jesus view himself? Jesus viewed himself as equal with the Father. Jesus did not view himself as just another good Jew or even a prophet. I think he was all that. But Jesus viewed himself as equal with the Father in a way and within a relationship with God the Father in a way that no other man enjoys. He's the eternal son of the living God. C.S. Lewis argues that this means you have to receive Jesus as the Lord. You can't simply believe in him as a good ethical teacher. Because a man who says the universe is dependent upon him is either the Lord 
according to Lewis, or a lunatic. Now, you may think I'm a good man. Let's say you're, let's be charitable and say that you think I'm a good man. And I get up one Sunday and I say, uh, I want you all to know that the universe, in order to be sustained, needs God. God upholds it. You'd probably say amen. But then if I said, I uphold the universe as well. All the galaxies are in my hands. Then you'd say, okay then. (laughs) Can somebody get an institution? You see, Jesus either is the Son of God equal to the Father in a way that no one else is, or Jesus is crazy. Look at, uh, keep your finger on John 5 and turn over to John 10, verse 30. John 10, verse 30. He's talking about how the Father holds his sheep in their in his hand and and doesn't lose any of them. Verse 30. John 10, 30. I and the Father are one. So the Jews picked up stones to stone him. And Jesus said, verse 32, I've shown you many good works from the Father. Which of them are you, for which of them are you going to stone me? And And the Jews said, it's not a good work that we're stoning you for. But blasphemy, because you, being a man, made yourself to be God. And that's powerful about Jesus. His view of himself, he knew who he was. And he was unlike any man. He was a man, but unlike any other man. Here's a second thing. Not only Jesus' view of himself, but how about our view of Jesus? Do we view Jesus? Do we worship him in the same way we would worship God? Without God, the universe would fly in every direction. In the same way God upholds it, so Jesus does all things necessary to keep the universe together. You need Jesus to the same degree that you need God. That's what he's saying. So our view of Jesus. And then third, how about our view of healing, recovery from sicknesses? Now, the Bible teaches we can pray for healing and God will often answer our prayer and heal us. Or we can lay hands on the sick and often God will heal the sick. But did you know that God also heals incognito? That is, He heals you without you even thinking about it or knowing about it or giving Him any kind of acknowledgement. This is what happened here. It's part of the cycle by which he upholds the universe. He heals your bodies. He builds things into your body so you recover and recoup your your health and strength. We give it medical names, but the Bible says at the bottom of it is God himself and the Son of God. 
I had minor surgery um, a couple of months back uh, on on my neck. I had a little growth there; it was taken off. And so, uh, after it was over, it was just a local anesthetic, so I was able to to leave after it was over. And and I said to the uh, the nurse, I said, "Well, how did it go?" And she said, "It went real good. You have good." coagulation ah that's what I've always wanted is good coagulation what is coagulation it's a blood it's it's a clotting that keeps you from bleeding to death and if you think about that what makes blood clot I mean you can say well when the uh, platelets uh, hit oxygen through the broken skin, then they begin to mesh together and throw a kind of net over the hole. Proteins in the blood attract other proteins in the blood, and pretty soon you got a blanket or what we would call a scab. And then at some point there's enough, and so that it doesn't glob up too much, one protein will call the whole thing off and start the, the course in reverse. And you think, that's a miracle. That's, that's wow. And yet it goes on all the time. And you know why? Because God tells those proteins call for other proteins, and they signal, hey, the Lord God of heaven and earth has summoned us. We must now show up at this break in the skin and begin to stop the flow. And then the Lord God of heaven and earth says, okay, you've got enough. Now stop gathering together and start slowly dispersing once again. Where did those instructions come from? Uh, You don't just have good coagulation. You have a good God. My father is still working. That's why I've healed this man. And I work also. Every time a a little bump or scrape heals up, praise is due to the God who creates and maintains his creation. So it has to do with our view of healing. Not just by prayer. Uh, God heals us all the time, and we need to praise Him. And finally, this has to do with our view of God. How does Jesus view God? He's a Father who fixes things, heals people, solves problems. God our Father is a maintenance man who serves us. Think if you had, uh, uh, how often we would have wanted this, but you have a tire and it gets a leak and starts going down and the little light comes on and says, check tire pressure. And so you pull over to the side of the road and there's a man in the back. And he just gets out, he goes up, he puts air in the tire, puts a plug in the hole, gets back in the back seat, doesn't say anything, and then you drive off. Wouldn't you like that? He never bothers you, doesn't charge you anything. 
He just rides around with you, keeps his little plug, keeps everything ready to go. You'd say, man, that would be awesome. Kind of creepy, but awesome. And after a while, let's say some years go by, you would just stop thinking about him. And you would just count on it as if he wasn't there. That's what we do. We forget about him. And then we start calling what he does with special names like coagulation. Oh, look at the blood clot. It coagulated. Do you understand that that's like saying, oh, look at the flat tire. It suddenly got air and a plug in the hole. Someone did it. This is our view of God. How humble he is, how wonderful he is, how good he is. What a father and a provider and a sustainer that he is. He's not a force. He's a father. Exodus fifteen twenty six. God said, If you will listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, I won't put the Egyptian diseases on you. For I am the Lord, your healer. He's a healer. It's like a a doctor is not sent to hurt you. He's sent to heal you. So God says, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm a healer. He didn't say, the Lord your God will make you sick. He said, the Lord your God will heal you. (laughs) Amen. Don't you just love God? Don't you love Him? Isn't He wonderful? That the whole world is in His hands, and I'm in that world that's in His hands. If you're sick, you ask Him to heal you. Ask Him. God is opposite of pain. He doesn't like pain. And He doesn't like sickness. We follow Him. We pray for healing because He upholds His world. He not only creates it, but He didn't abandon it. He sustains it every day in our bodies, in our minds, in our families, in our finances, in the sun rising and the seasons changing. This is our God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we bow before you as we do before God the Father. We give you our praises for you are worthy. We thank you, O God. We thank you. And we thank you, you have sustained us and maintained us and upheld us. Not only in our individual lives, but our marriages, our families, our minds, our spirit, our soul, our bodies. We owe all praises to you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.